0: Crypto for planners, crypto for planners. You're now tuned in to Crypto for Planners. All financial advisors are welcome to Crypto for Planners, Crypto for Planners. Welcome to the Crypto for Planners podcast, the most interesting CFP in the financial planning industry. Um, Today I'm so excited to be joined by Matt Koleski. Um, for our very first three big questions segment. Um, What we're going to do is we're going to talk to Matt about three burning questions that he uh, has uh, just a passion for at the intersection of the the financial and digital asset space. So with that, Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, thanks, Justin. Thanks for having me here. A little bit about myself. I am... an investment advisor. I am a director at Arbor digital and am president at Arbor capital. So, and I've been in the investment advisory business for about 20 years. Um, Arbor is the registered entity that, uh, covers the the mothership, the, uh, what we call it? The Arbor capital management. And then Arbor digital is a division of Arbor capital. So just Mm -hmm. want to get the, the regulatory things out there. I am a financial advisor, probably not your financial advisor, but, uh, just you know, putting the disclosures out there as well.
0: You so. you, you love the compliance and that's, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons why I was really excited to have the chance to talk to you because you have worn all of these different hats and gotten to experience life in the trenches with clients and, you know, portfolios and asset allocations. Like you, you've, you've worn all these different hats. And so, um, I just think it adds to, uh, your your credibility and your your voice because you've seen these different things. You've seen it from someone who is heading up a division of a firm and how that sort of changes the dynamics and things. And so um, again, I'm just I'm, I feel like your perspective is very well rounded in the the space. And so looking forward to getting your thoughts on our three big questions.
1: Awesome, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I should also mention I am the compliance officer. That is a big one that I tend to leave <laughs> off sometimes, but it does give me a unique perspective. For sure. I've been through a couple of SEC audits and and have with specific to what we're gonna talk about today been, you know, kind of really thinking about how we need to approach digital assets mm. as investment advisors.
0: So, we we might need you to review the disclosures of this podcast when we're done. So, you know, just stay on after. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so our first question is is what is your either biggest problem or concern? with the present advisor and crypto space?
1: So, yeah, I kind of, I'll give two short answers there. One is probably what a lot of folks have been hearing in on Twitter and in and, and, and kind of people that are paying attention to the, the regulatory approach is we need more clarity, right? This mm-hmm. asset class needs clarity from the SEC, from the CFTC. Um, and that would give advisors a lot more confidence to be able to step into the space instead of having kind of a gray ish area, right? You're seeing the sec kind of sit on the sideline to some degree. And you we've mm-hmm. all seen the interactions with, um, Brian Armstrong from Coinbase, um, really taking it very interesting tone. Um, and then Hester Peirce, who's one of the commissioners and her response. Yeah and so the issue is we're since we're federally registered and most a lot of advisors are federally registered or either state registered but as they're federally registered you know with the SEC that's who we look for look to to kind of help you know set the tone for this and so now you're starting to see different states take action which is going to create a hodgepodge of ways for people and advisors and firms to access the market so there just needs to I feel there needs to be something that's more uniform at the national level mm. um, to provide clarity
0: for for us as advisors. Now, I've I've uh, I've, I've seen different conversations online happening where uh, some people think it's uh, it's very nefarious and, you know, there's a there's a hidden agenda that the SEC is um, trying to, uh, you know, either implement, allow for their like insider banker friends to get caught up. And then I've seen others say, look, this is completely new. Um, They're, they're they're just trying to, to, you know, fully understand what this is and how they can help in the space. Where, where where do you kind of land on that? Is this, this problem sort of a, a a one sinister plot against the the digital Hmm. space or, um, you know, and, or they just simply trying to wrap their mind around what this brand new thing is that we've never seen before and um, try to figure out what to do with it
1: yeah it's a really good question is is there some nefarious thing happening um maybe i don't think that will win out in the long run though no. I, at least i hope not for sure i do think that ultimately what might happen is this is going to get decided in a court and honestly mm-hmm. you look at the howey test and even uh some of the other ones, like those, were court court, court, decisions. court cases. Yeah. yeah, that that literally developed some of the prongs that we still use, especially if we spe- specifically talk about the Howey test. So, you know, it's not the regulators are not going to innovate, and that's okay, but they shouldn't stand in the way of innovation. So. yeah you know there's you bring up a good point with this nefariousness is there something there behind all of this that you know the, the traditional banks are trying to protect their interests i mean clearly they're going to and but i think there's only a limit to what that's gonna yeah what the reach is gonna be at least i hope so because technology is unstoppable right and that's all that's really yeah. what this is and, and even and, more
0: specifically decentralized technology correct that is, is ubiquitous and is everywhere. Yeah you know, good luck serving, you know, Satoshi uh, a, a summons <laughs> to appear to, you know, shut down his network. Like it's, it, that's the, that's the most beautiful part of decentralized systems. Um, and so I, I agree with your point. It's there, there may be something there, but it, it doesn't matter because at the end, decentralized solutions are are practically unstoppable. And so it's, it's not, it's not so much a matter of, of slowing this train down as it is just simply, Stating with more clarity what what they plan to do um, with with these uh, you know brand new technologies and how they right. how they plan to to deal with it moving forward because you're right we 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 are definitely in just a a very gray area where it looks one way and it kind of sounds another way and then depends on what day it is and what kind of mood mm-hmm. they're in maybe what they had for breakfast they tend to <laughs> you know say different things and you know, that does mess with a, a financial advisor who actually cares about their fiduciary standard, it, it impacts their their ability to to help clients with this.
1: Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned the, the fiduciary um, angle to all of this, because I kind of, as I said, I was going to give two answers. The other one is um, what, you know, the question remember is, you know, what's the biggest um, problem or concern that I have? And the, the second one is, and I feel this less and less, but either a lack of understanding or, or an unwillingness for some advisors to learn. Now, if you're listening mm-hmm. to this, you're probably not in that camp, but there has been a tremendous amount of pushback even from the advisor community. And, you know, I've been advocate and, and feel really passionate. This is our fiduciary duty to understand this asset class Yeah. to either make it, you know, have an opinion about it and say either this is something that's appropriate for my clients or if it's not, but just to dismiss it out of hand as Picking up the narratives and those myths that the traditional media likes to perpetuate about, you know, it's a Ponzi scheme. It's for nefarious activities, blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's not at all the case. Yeah. Yes, there's still, that still can happen, especially on the fringes. It happens in the traditional financial world far more. And if you look at dollars, it's far greater in the traditional (laughs) side. But anyway, like that's the other kind of issue that I see is advisors that are, didn't will it didn't come to this right they're being kind of dragged or forced now that i'm I'm glad they're here and so it's an opportunity then to just help folks understand what's what is the good in this asset class like one of the things we talk about internally it's like we're we like good faith projects right yeah and i tie a couple things together you mentioned decentralization which is what differentiates these from the traditional uh, models and there's another element of kind of this social governance mechanism. A lot of these folks are, they're really in it to for they're, they're more mission driven for sure. Like some mm-hmm. of these developers and people that are interacting with these, yes, everybody in the industry is, wants to do well for themselves and for do well for their clients. But there's this mission component to this that doesn't get talked about, which in traditional Wall Street really doesn't have anything, any concern for that. Yeah, And so I think that's the other important thing. How do you um, look at this from that new angle of decentralization and this kind of um, social uh, element.
0: Yeah, no, that's fascinating. I, I, I'm reminded, I, I, and this is an approximation, but, you know, between Coinbase and Robinhood, there are 60 million people, right. 60 million accounts that are dealing with crypto assets. I, we, we are far beyond the place of you get to ignore what 60 million people are investing in you know much less we can make the argument that the likelihood is most of those people are younger and are truly the sort of quote unquote future clients of all of us so i would like to know what 60 million people are up to so much so that they are you know participating in this space i i, I don't know how you can ignore you know, it's like saying I'm going to ignore, you know, what Samsung and Apple are doing because whatever it's technology and, you know, I don't understand how these flat screens work. I'll just dismiss it and stick with my Home Depot. You know, like that's that's kind of what it sounds like to me. Um, and the interesting the other part that you said is really and this is really how you and I met um, is with that plan with Planner Dow. Planner Dow mm-hmm. is a decentralized uh, community of financial advisors who really fit the bill of what you described. They are here to grow and learn and educate and innovate together. And there is a a definite uh, difference um, with the, the kind of people that are here um, that are interested in crypto assets, but they're also interested in community. And being a independent advisor for 18 years, I didn't come across many advisors who wanted to uh, you know, lay bare their their questions and problems, and and you know, client uh, questions and and solutions, and just just have open conversations about that stuff. It's kind of a new thing.
1: It it, it really is, and it's something that we've um, felt internally. And even that's what honestly that's why I'm here, right? When when I first was introduced to Planner DAO, I was like, this is exactly what we've been looking for. This platform is what this asset class needs. I agree. Centralized movement of people. And so that's something that we talk about internally is we that narrative and the culture around this asset class what it is at a, at the core needs to be, you know, carried with us forward yeah. as advisors, not the traditional uh Wall Street zero-sum game, right? I win, you lose. You know, that's not what this is. This is a collaborative asset class at the mm-hmm. core and as we build things on top of it, build DAOs and other things like that needs to continue to be championed. I think that's really, really important. And, the, and to the next point, like you talk about the, you know, the next generations, right? That's what not, yeah, that's what they're asking for. That's not why we're doing it, but that's because that's the future, right? This yeah. is the way things are going to get done, uh, in the, over the next five to 10 to 20 years, Like right? the, the, the decentralization is super, is really powerful. So yeah, I'm glad and you, and I mentioned that.
0: And I love love that word. It's a collaborative asset class, and having a collaborative uh, group of advisors to come alongside that is 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 really it's I, it's personally helped me uh, tremendously. So, um, let's move to the second question. What would be your ideal solution um, to these concerns, or, or how do you think the industry should approach um, the solution?
1: Yeah, well, I think we've already hit it, hinted <laughs> it at the answer to that, right? It, it's the solution, uh, which I'll touch on, you know, with the things we've already discussed. One of them is, you know, starting with education, right? Advisors need to educate themselves about this in a, you know, take, s- set down the baggage that you're bringing and just literally come to this with a clear, open mind and learn about what this asset class is at its core. And understand, yes, there is some... I wouldn't say bad. Yeah, I mean, there's some bad actors. There's some interesting actors with the Doge coin and everything and all the, you know, all the spinoffs of that, which is another interesting social experiment by the way. <laughs> um, but to understand, you know, what's an asset, what's, what actually is a good faith protocol that has real value, um, you know, mechanisms built in is one way to look at things versus what's the social um, side of things. Um, But the other way to answer that too is right. Something we've been talking about, like decentralization of, the financial markets like mm. that is coming i in my mind i, I see like DeFi, decentralized finances like this unstoppable black hole that's just going to continue to suck in the existing infrastructure and this is the first point we talked about right the regulators i think are a little bit scratching their heads like what do we do with this because yeah. it's not we can't stop it and how do we approach it and so my, the solution is just decentralization and learning how to work with that as advisors. I think I've mentioned on, uh, on another conversation you and I've had, like what's, what's fascinating for us is we are seeing and engaging with people that have no traditional assets. Mm-hmm. I've got, you know, 300,000 Cardano. what do I do with it? <laughs> and so not, I'm not saying that every advisor is going to be engaging with clients like that, but we're seeing younger ad- investors literally come with, to us looking yeah. for advice because it'd be the same thing if you had a concentrated position in Microsoft or Apple. That's right. right. So they need and are looking for people. You know, what to do, what do I do with this? And so, yeah, um, it,
0: that you know, that, which is totally fascinating to me. But. <laughs> no, it's funny you said just just the past week I had a uh, a friend I grew up with, played soccer with um, in high school. Um, and he sent me his uh, OpenSea address. And for those of you who don't know, OpenSea is the, the NFT um, platform. And he, he showed me he has like nine different NFTs in his wallet. And he's asking me, hey, what should I do with these things? What are what are the the, the tax uh, implications to selling them? Mm-hmm. And it started a conversation. Like you said, he he doesn't have other traditional assets. That this is this is where he is concentrating his time and energy in investing, and now he wants, you know, financial planning for it. He wants tax help with it. That um, this is just the beginning, and so um, I, I definitely think, like you're saying, that the, the focus on decentralized solutions, decentralized systems, and allowing them to just uh, to just allowing them to work, allow capital to flow into and out of them based on efficiency and other traditional, um, you know, capitalism. It's, mm-hmm. I, I feel like the, the, the solution is, is very, uh, it's, it's, and I'm going to edit this part because now my mind just went blank. Don't worry. Um, we'll just make a hard cut there and cut out all this other nonsense. Um,
1: well, I'll pick that up real quick. You, 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 were able to get soccer into the conversation, but I, one thing that I will point <laughs> out is, you know, we're both big football fans. Um, I was at a game last night, and this is this is connected here, by the way. Um, <laughs> every person that came into the stadium, this is the USA Jamaica World Cup qualifier, was given a unique card that had a QR code to scan an NFT. Mm, so there were wow. twenty five thousand or twenty thousand five hundred of these that were given out, and so you know whether people are interacting with digital assets through you know NFTs or buying things on Coinbase or Gemini like this is happening yeah and so last night that was a really interesting I was not expecting that but you're right now you're going to have these kids and people literally getting and interacting with digital assets in new and and unexpected ways and the the, the main point that I want to make there is like this is mainstream now, right? Yes. This is happening and it's happening everywhere. This isn't just, you know, oh, some backroom channel on Reddit or wherever. It's like this is in pop culture now, right? Snoop Dogg, right, has <laughs> been revealed as, uh, what, I forget his name, Medici, but it's like he's literally buying CryptoPunks and, yeah. and engaging
0: with his audience about this, yeah. so... It's, it's happening. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try my best to not talk about the soccer game. Instead, um, stick to stick to the decentralization. Um, but, you know, you bring up a point where uh, the, the solution to the problem involves regulators having to wrap their minds around something. And uh, often I've thought of the role of a financial advisor who truly wants to, to um, do what's in the best interest of their clients. Um, that they, they have a role almost as an intermediary stopgap because for the most part, there are opportunities to still do a lot of the traditional financial planning things that the, the people want from us. They, they, they want information, they want education, they want to know how these things fit into a broader plan. And you can still answer a lot of those questions amidst all of the uncertainty and all of the sort of confusion and gray area. And so, um, you know, my mind goes to while we're waiting for these things to be resolved, financial planners don't need to hide and wait. We need to be out there engaging it because, you know, my friend with the, the NFTs, I mean, he he's not going to wait. For regulatory clarity to determine whether it's you know a, a long-term capital gain from a tax perspective or whether to do it or not, he's just going to do it. He's he's going to mm-hmm. continue to enjoy his life with his JPEGs. And so <laughs> I, I think that there is an opportunity there for advisors to step in who are not going to take advantage of their clients anyways. They they care about them. They they want to honor the profession and. In the meantime, while we're waiting, there's 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 an opportunity to truly serve people and help answer really difficult questions.
1: Right. And just to piggyback on what we talked about earlier and what you're what you're kind of talking to, it's like, you know, we're fiduciaries and we we don't answer all the tax questions, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't, you know, just, oh, we, we need more clarity. We know we need to not handle these things clients are coming to us and you know with questions specifically and yeah like you said while we wait for more clarity whether that's from the sec or the irs we will be engaging with these and we we're we're, we want more clarity right that's i think what's really interesting about this is people were sitting here saying please let us know how we can best answer these questions for our clients yeah because that's our job at the end of the day and right now that's being complicated because we're kind of in this gray area
0: yeah So, so what would you say your, your biggest hope is, um, that either digital assets do for the financial, um, planning industry or for clients? What, what would you describe as like, if Matt could design the, the ultimate utopian experience, um, Mm -hmm. for the financial planning community or for their clients, what, what would that look like?
1: So the first, yeah, a couple of things there. The first one is right. I'm going to say it again, right? The regulatory clarity, but it's, it's even more than that. It's allowing the innovation to flourish mm. without risk of some punitive, you know, action from a regulatory body. We're already fiduciaries. We're already regulated, right? And so we're act, always acting in, in the best interest of our clients. And so that is, I think, gives us a platform to be able to go in and, and experiment to some degree with what these uh, asset with with what these assets are, but to get a little bit into the nuts and bolts of it, of how we as advisors in this utopian right uh that you that you asked me about you know being able to have client assets and manage them on on the decentralized exchanges on using blockchain natively to help manage the assets for clients i don't think that's ever going to change people are still going to want help with, you know, advising the assets, whether they're a traditional asset or a digital asset, right? right? And so for us to be able to engage natively on blockchains with client assets, I think is really where I see this utopian uh, going ultimately. That would be fantastic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, one one thing being in the space for a while you learn is that, you know, people love to live their lives far more than they love to make Difficult financial decisions all the time, every single day, and that's why they delegate. That's why they mm-hmm. they seek out, uh, you know, competent help, because they like living their lives far more than than that. You know, you you mentioned going to a soccer game. I would love to just hmm. watch, you know, my my four boys play play the game they love, um, versus like having to sit down and figure out. Well, does the IRS think that an NFT is a collectible, or do they think it's a just you know straight? That that's not how people work, and so um, it, despite the, the the rapid change of what these financial um, assets look like, um, you know, we th- things just look completely different. You know, you have digitally native uh, assets and value and networks now, and it it all looks different. But at the end of the day, it still has the same um, same feel that people. People want to participate in it, but they're they're going to look for help. And so, um, you know, I, I I think of having the ability, like you said, to interact with all of these um, th- this new technology. You know, I, I think of Ethereum being programmable money. We imagine what financial planners could do with programmable money. I mean, we we have we haven't even begun to conceive the ways we can help people live their lives secure financial independence for them with programmable money. I mean, that that just sounds like an incredible opportunity. And and what you're saying is we just need financial regulators to just kind of step out of the way, provide the, the necessary um, rules, be consistent with how they're enforcing them, but then ultimately just get out of the way and let technology do what it does, which is just create so much value for people's lives. Yeah. <clears throat>
1: you you bring up some really interesting points there and you know we could expand on a couple of those one you know that how we currently talk about the utopian I, you know idea here of what it would look like is you know there's there's you know there's actually protocols that kind of do some of these things already like balancer right and yep. where you can have a portfolio and right now it's limited to you know kind of limited to digital assets only but utopia right how you have your traditional and your digital and the, no, we're no longer you know, talking about the division between them because they're all interacting yeah. digitally now. You know, people can say, "Well, the traditional world is digital," It kind of is, but it really is still running on the rails from the seventies and eighties, so it's not truly digital, right? We joke, "If I sell a stock today, right, it's not going to clear." Well, Monday's a holiday, actually, so <laughs> a banking holiday, so literally you are going to wait till Wednesday to get your cat or you know, whatever to get your yeah. money back. Yeah. So utopian, right? We can manage assets client assets like you mentioned right um people that want to uh, outsource that to us and we can do that literally digitally native on a blockchain that's so exciting for Mm -hmm. me but you know we're a long ways from that yet but that's kind of where i see the ultimate utopia right we've got all kinds of assets stocks bonds digital assets all existing together and we can trade and rebalance without going cross platform and literally cross infrastructure, which is really difficult right yeah. now.
0: Yeah, no, that's it, it. Like I said, I feel like we're still in the infancy, like the digital asset space has kind of been born. It's kind of stopped sucking on its thumb and now it's starting to <laughs> right. crawl around some and, you know, start to, to become active, but it, it still doesn't even know how to walk and run really well. And so, um, right. You know, that's, that's where I think, um, you know, my mind goes to having a community of advisors to um, have these conversations with is just so important to to number one, remember, you're you're not alone for, you know, pursuing this crazy, you know, fake internet money. Um, And then the other is just to have um, to have the conversations of how you're dealing with it with your clients and how I can communicate and answer these questions that my clients have and find a space to to grow together because we're we're all starting from the same ground zero place. How how can we grow together as a community to ultimately impact people and and use these new uh assets to to accomplish their their own goals?
1: Yeah. And that's again, that's that's the main reason why I'm here and why we're doing this. You know, this is to benefit the advisor community and planner community as a whole, to give people resources to when they have questions. So the last thing I'll say is one, one of the things that I've experienced with talking to other advisors that are still a little skeptical of the asset classes, all this is is technology, right? Mm-hmm. This isn't, it feels different and it sounds different and it is, but it literally is just technology. And if you think about what technology has done in the context of a sector of the S&P 500 and where it is now versus where it was in the 90s, right? that genie's not getting put back in the bottle either. And yeah. this is just the next evolution of technology. So people will hear terms like blockchain or Bitcoin and Dogecoin and get kind of maybe, you know, not sure what to do with it. Just think of it as the next evolution of technology really, and embrace that. Cause we've been, I tell you, we've been emailing and texting for what, 20 years. Like, I don't <laughs> know how it works. I mean, I kind of think I do, but yeah, you know, same thing with this. And at the, at the, at the fundamental level of, of what a blockchain is, it's like we don't need to know all the ins and outs at the at the code level, right? With with the, where the developers are working, but we need to have an understanding of how this is going to revolutionize not just our industry, but as I heard on a on a podcast the other day, right, the entire trust industry, <laughs> right of lawyers and, and attorneys and CPAs that are in spreadsheets that are all built on the in- traditional infrastructure to ensure that trust. A lot of that can get, you know, put on chain, put, put on chain and, and use, use trustless uh, software to do, which is all this is. It's just technology.
0: Yeah. No, it, it I, I imagine if you were, you know, back in the, you know, a, a different area and you heard the term smartphone, you, you would just kind of you know, Mm -hmm. squint and go, huh? Like, what are you talking about? So it makes, you know, what, what does it do? And, you know, the idea of it connecting to the internet, you know, even, okay, so what, what exactly is it going to do? I mean, I, I imagine that's, that's where we are. And, um, you know, again, I think uh, there's, that's why the community that is uh, just charitable and patient is is so important because it's okay that this is, this is technology but it's also it's it is challenging i mean i i heard someone describe it it's like everything i don't know about money times everything i don't know about computers and that's what this you know this represents to them and so um there there is there is there's a a a natural learning curve but you make the point so 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 true it's this is not going away it's not going back it the the adoption of it is actually just—it's it's staggering the amount of resources and not just financial resources, the talent, the amount of developers, the amount of brilliant, um, you know, minds from all sorts of different, uh, you know, parts of the, you know, the economy are flocking to this one space called blockchain, called you know, digital assets to create new things. We're not going. We're not going back to just simple, you know, a couple big custodians and oh, do you custody at Fidelity Schwab or TD? Like that's that's not the world <laughs> that we're gonna live in for the next, you know, twenty years. So, um, right. I'm I, I'm I'm really grateful, Matt, for for your time. Did was there something else you wanted to follow up with? Because I can no. That I
1: just yeah, thank you for the opportunity, <laughs> and I'll look forward to to you know maybe enough, we can dive into some of these concepts that we brought up you know deeper at another time but yeah thanks thanks for having me i
0: appreciate it no we're, we're grateful to to have someone with your complete experience and all these different levels of being an advisor and running a firm and then um breaking out and and uh, actually having an sma um option for other financial planners to to tap into so um, Thanks again, Matt, so much for for joining us. The, The Crypto for Planners podcast, the most interesting CFP in the world. Stay crypto, my friends.